And we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm one of your co-hosts, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is my counterpart, Joe DeLeon. Good evening. Good, sir. Blake, are you ready to galvanize the Miami fan base yet again? Are you ready I, for it? I, I mean, I know. So here's the thing about the Miami fan base mm-hmm. that I that I love yet loathe. Okay. I love, as a college football fan, that they are going to stick up for their own. They are not going to back down. I love their passion. I love their um, determination for their fan base. But they have to be the most annoying fan base, not named Alabama sometimes. Uh Alabama's not really that bad. They're just cocky. But they're they're like the Texas of Florida. You know, like they just – they're always thinking they're back. Mario can't lead them over the hump. They're the Texas of the uh, of Florida, man. They're the Texas of the ACC. Well, at least Alabama fans are kind of justified for getting pissed at us because, yeah, there's been a track record no, of success. Dude, but I got them in my top five. They're pissed off at you're, you. You're, you're lucky that there's there's not that many Washington fans out there because they, they'd be up your ass. Instead, <laughs> it's one of the biggest fan bases, so they're all, oh, Joe's such a hater. This dude's such a... Alabama hater, man. That's all I see in the goddamn comments. Now, the the Miami fans, I, I got to admit, they're funny. Um, they don't mess around. I really respect the way that they go at people on Twitter. Dude, I had some guy with like 10 followers who, um, after one of the Miami losses, I tweeted something, and he can't, comes in commenting with a picture from college of me where I had a, a guy just completely butchered my haircut. My hairline was completely messed up. <laughs> and he's like, he just completely called out how ruthless. my haircut looked like shit. Yeah, it's like, where, yeah, where did ruthless. you take the time to find that picture to do that? I kind of respect it. Yeah, they're they're a ruthless fan base. They're also like the armpit of America when it comes to college fan bases. Have you been I, to Miami before? Sorry, I don't mean to... to yes, I have. Well, I've been there, but not long. Me and my wife, yeah. like in a layover, but not, yeah. not like going Same. into Miami. Yeah. All right, so we will talk Florida State and Miami, Utah, and Washington. Um, speaking of Washington fans, um, I don't think Utah stands a chance. I'm shocked. I was fully prepared when I sent you the games to pick this week. I was really prepared that you were going to send me back Washington and you were going to come on the show with some BS saying, well, the USC game, they're similar to USC and and all this stuff, but I'm, I'm proud of you. You're you're growing. You're, well, you're, I don't you're growing think it, on I don't think it. I do think it's going to be a very close game. The only reason I'm leaning Washington is because where it's being played. Okay, fair, fair. Yeah, I don't. I don't. You know, if Utah, I think that Utah, if they can run the football and play keep away, that game's going to be really close. The reason it didn't happen against Oregon was because Oregon's built to bully you, too. You can't bully yeah. a bully, you know? And so I right. do think that Utah can bully Washington a little bit. And to that point, Oregon, defensively, they're able to just completely lock you down. No and, that, and that's why that game was a little more lopsided. I just, man, like, th- they have a lot more explosive, consistent explosiveness compared to USC. Um, and Utah's been a little cold lately. So, you know, it could be a long day, as you're saying. Tennessee and Missouri also kick it off this weekend in Como. Joe, I, I got to admit, people are not paying much attention to Tennessee. They're not enough. I think Josh Heupel has done one of the better coaching jobs that we've seen. 
I know that they start off the season a little sluggish, but right now they are a top three offense and rushing. They play really good defense. They got a top 20 total defense. Their D-line, their front seven's playing really well. Their back seven can get or back five can give up some plays sometimes, but I do I do not know if Missouri is going to be up for this one. I feel like they might be a little deflated after getting beat by Georgia. And Tennessee's got a lot to play for because if Georgia does fall to Ole Miss, okay, mm-hmm. then next week we have Tennessee and Georgia for the SEC East. So I think Tennessee goes in there a little bit focused, but you are leaning the Tigers of Como. Look, plain and simple, my gut is leaning Missouri. I I obviously have more in-depth analysis for this, and we're going to get to it, but just on face value, the fact that Tennessee this whole year, they haven't stepped up to the plate for their biggest games this season. They looked really good in the first half against Alabama, and they completely collapsed in the second half so for the fact that they have not been able to close out and play full four quarters against the best teams on their schedule i'm a little worried man i, I don't know if this neither has missouri well missouri at least has that kansas state win you know that that and it's not a great win but i but think they that didn't play four quarters there either it took a 61 yard field goal to win so but what's tennessee's best win that's kind of what I'm getting at here. And their worst loss, Texas I was saying them, Florida. The, those I, aren't really great wins. They're good, they're good wins. They're not oh, great. Oh, they wins. lost to Florida. Yeah, um, actually Florida. Their their worst losses, though, probably to Florida. And they yeah, got but dominated. That, but the losses, the loss, though, okay, were not against teams that resemble Mizzou. Like, they got beat by a fiscal Florida team. They got beat by a fiscal Alabama team. Right? Like, eh. yeah, yes and no. I just think that the fact that they – You know, you better not you better not try to get in a shootout with Josh Heupel. Your ass going to be grass, buddy. Wait, wait. You think Joe Milton's capable of a shootout? I think Joe Milton's gotten a lot – I think Joe Milton's gotten a lot better. Man, you love mid-quarterbacks, man. You just love these guys that are just really mid – you love talking them up too. Well, let's see what happens. It's interesting because you know what I know. What when a quarterback is a key part of the running game and they're a top twenty offense, maybe we need to reevaluate what we call trash or mid. Because I don't look at quarterbacks in college as prospects like most people do. How are they that. running the offense? Because let me tell you, like I, I look at guys like AJ McCarron and Stetson Bennett as two guys that you say are some of the best college quarterbacks we've ever seen. Tebow, Tebow, yeah. Tebow's in that in that class, right? Mm-hmm. Just because I don't like you as a Joe, I'm not going to draft Joe Milton in my dynasty fantasy league. Okay, like yeah. I'm actually going to draft Jaden Daniels, but regardless, okay, I do like how they have changed, and again, it meets the model. Okay, that teams are getting back to. What are they doing? Running the football, playing really good defense, and you know what else? they pushed around A&M in the running game, okay? Pushed them around. That's a Okay, bad- wait, wait. Here, here's, here's my biggest issue, and this is kind of flows into all of this. A&M has been one of the continuously, not, not by you, just, just in general. They, If you beat A&M, it is suddenly a really quality win, and I don't no, think that it is. No, 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 no. Not true. If you push around that front seven, it is. 
How many Nobody times has Texas A&M been pushed around? They, they no, Alabama keep getting Alabama pushed around. Couldn't do it. Miami couldn't do it. Ole Miss couldn't do it at times until the late into the second half. Okay, mm-hmm. Tennessee pushed them around. Joe, there's four first round picks on that defensive line. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I just don't think that they have played up to that expectation. And look, it's just kind of to- like the Jane Daniels theory. How how much are you going to put on Jane Daniels in a Heisman Trophy contention when his defense is dead last in the SEC in some di- in different categories? Like it's a it's still a team game. Yeah, Texas A&M is also really good at punching people in the dick too. That's. <laughs> Hey, he went. F- Shamar Stewart went full Ric Flair, man. Yeah, uh, he's been a one of the highly touted players on that on that defensive line. Sometimes you just got to do that, man, to get the. They almost came back. Sometimes you need to do that to get everybody rallied. You know, we didn't talk about that. We should have. Uh, how does it? Uh, how does it? Uh, the Ric Flair jingle start off. I don't know. Kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing. Oh. Limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun. And I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Now give me two claps and a Ric Flair. I don't think our strength coach used to do that every time before we went on the field. Rang, wearing, woo, kiss stealing. Yeah, we used to do that every every practice, every game. Because uh, we are up for an award. I'm not even going to bring that up. And it's funny because I sent you, we're coming out to the rocks. If you're so If we won the award. Anyway, Uh, and we'll get to our week 11 picks here uh, tonight on the show. Joe, let's waste no time. Let's talk a little Florida State, Miami. We do that next. Everybody do us a favor. Excuse me. Hit the like and share. Share all those social media groups. If you're on Facebook, share to your own social media pages. If you're watching us on YouTube, you continue to kill it for us on YouTube. Like, subscribe, notification bell. Wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. Uh. Let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag. We talk about Florida State, Miami. We've got a lot more college football to talk. We do that next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline. .ag I'm going to say this and you better listen and you better listen to me good because if what I think is going to happen or could happen this week I am going to clip this exact time and I am going to post it on social medias teams historically lose when they have back-to-back road games, Texas is in their first of that back-to-back road games. Oh, Iowa State, a lot of people sleeping on the Cyclones. Don't do it because 
we have seen teams that are in the top 10, top seven, top five go on the road and lose to the absolute Rudy Pooist of teams. Joe, I'm not taking Iowa State. Uh, it's, you didn't put it in there. I'm just right. saying teams are about 97% likely to lose one of the two back-to-back road games. I, I get that. And I understand where you're coming from, but I can guarantee that most of those I- Iowa State players are probably betting on Texas to win this game. Like, there's a matter. Sure. Probably a guarantee. Well, it, it, listen, I will take everything back that I've ever said about Matt Campbell and his hat wearing if he's able to, to he won't. Uh, dethrone uh, what some people believe are the Texas Longhorns, even though we have not crowned them. But here we go. Florida State and Miami kick it off this weekend. Joe, I got to admit, we have not been able to really talk a lot about the Florida State Seminoles. We've talked more about Miami over the last five, six, seven weeks than we have about Florida State because of the level of opponents. We haven't talked about them much. I got to admit something, all right? And you brought it up in pre-production, and I fully agree with you. Watch out for this game now. Don't do not sleep on this rivalry game because I do think that Miami fan Miami players are going to want out, come out, prove a point. I don't think it matters. I think Florida State is winning. Joe, Miami is a top 10 team when defending the run, and that's with the bad losses that they've had, Georgia Tech and others. If this Florida State team cannot run the football, which, by the way, they're rushing offense. They're closer to around the 60 mark. They have have not been great running the football. What's the status of Johnny Wilson? What's the status of Keon Coleman, uh, who, which you know how I feel about Keon Coleman? I do feel that Florida State is going to prevail in this one. This mm-hmm. is going to be, I think, in the next three weeks, they got Miami and Florida in that mix. They're going to want to go in there and prove a point. That's why I'm picking them to win. Don't sleep on Mario Cristobal's Miami Hurricane team because I don't match styles make fights. And if teams can that can stop the run on Florida State, we saw it against Boston College. We saw it against Clemson. Things could get hairy pretty quickly for them. This game, I do think, is going to be early or, or tight early within the half, maybe even bleeding into the third quarter. I do think Florida State is a fantastic fourth-quarter team. They finish games really well. That's when they'll take over. Do not be surprised to me if this game is really close and people are like, I can't believe it, but it is a rivalry game too. So to to address what you're talking about here first, why this game could be close and Heck, there's even a possibility, Florida State fans, you can't overlook this Miami team. There is a possibility they could pull out this upset. A number of things come to mind when I talk about this. One, I have spoken so highly of this Miami defensive line. I am a big Leonard Taylor fan as a draft prospect in the interior. But Ruben Bain Jr. has been a wrecking ball, a freshman. He has been so freaking good. Nobody has been able to stop him. Florida State's offensive line has been a little bit up and down, so... Watch out for Bain to have a big game. I compare this to what happened last week between Notre Dame and Clemson. We remember a few weeks ago, or not a few weeks ago, at the beginning of the season when Florida State played Clemson close. 
And what happened was Clemson's defensive line completely removed Trey Benson in the rushing attack, forcing the passing game to be the primary focus for Florida State, which works fine for them, but they were stopped on a number of drives that put this game in a position for it to go to overtime and, and whatnot. I would be very wary that this Miami defensive line does something similar to what Clemson did when they played Florida State. Why I compare this to Clemson-Notre Dame is that you very well could have Mario Cristobal rallying his team in a situation where they are backs up against the wall. They've played very poorly over the past few weeks. There is a lot of questions being thrown his way about his performance over the past few weeks. There is a lot going on right now. And look, we spent all last week crapping on Clemson and look what they turned around and did. I think we no, just need to be wary. Wait, what? Hold on. Hold on. You picked Notre Dame too pretty, pretty aggressively. I said it was going to be a score game. I picked them by seven. I don't remember that happening. My okay. point is here, watch out for this game to end up being um, a close football game because Miami is going to come out swinging and they need a rallying point and this could be that for them. So look, I, I went and watched their game last week versus Pitt today, okay? Johnny Wilson, Keon Cohen being out, I think is a big deal. And I don't want to overreact to that, especially because I think Johnny Wilson, I was told if uh, like multiple concussions on the year there, he might not even go again in this game. Looks like Keon Coleman's going to be back, but Keon, they have a, their wide receiver room is really beat up Joe. So if Keon Coleman is the only dude, which that's kind of really all they need. Okay, I'm not saying that it's not. If Miami, who has shown all year that they can keep this rushing attack under control, I don't know if you don't make Jordan Travis try to beat you through the year. Because when I look at Miami, they have been good with their front seven. But the problem is, Joe, their back seven, their back five, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. They, they give up some yards, man. Look what they gave up yeah. in team, okay? And so that is why I think ultimately – I, I just think Florida State is going to – if you don't watch the game and you look up at the, end of the go, at the end of the game and the box score says like 38 to 21 or 38-24, and you're like, oh, they just beat the shit out of Miami. I don't, I don't necessarily think so. I do think – that they're going to keep this game relatively close throughout uh, throughout it all. The problem with me and Miami is this. Florida State, to me, all year, seeing them up close and personal, been tracking them all throughout the year, you cannot turn the football over if you're Miami to this team. And that is a massive problem with Miami. That's a big ask for old Tyler Van Dyke over it's the past a big few ask. weeks. It, it, it is a very big ask. Like, I, I, I know what I would be asking. It's a I'm big ask for someone who has been very ass. Yeah, I mean, he has not been good. Uh, you can't di- you can't disagree that Tyler Van Dyke has been good at all. My thing would be, or what I was trying to say is, Florida yeah, State is like a shark in water. They are a when they smell blood, they go for the kill. Okay, they've done that all year. When I look at games like I. I you know, Wake Forest early, yeah, whatever. But then all of a sudden, Joe, 
They come back. They smell blood in the water. They just destroy Wake Forest. Duke was the game for me going back and watching today. Remember how close that game was? And I know that Riley Leonard was out. Riley Leonard only had like 80-something passing yards in that game. Didn't run much. It was the running game for Duke that got things going early, and that game was close. I kind of really think that this game could, if you're a Florida State fan, reminds me a little bit of Duke. Miami can run the football a little bit. Okay, they're top, they're 39th in the country in rushing offense. That offensive line has gotten progressively better as the year goes on. We saw how they performed earlier in the year against Texas A&M. I think it's going to be a, a recap of Duke, right? Like that's what I envision it. But if you, I do think this game could be Florida State could really extend themselves. Van Dyke can't make mistakes. And here's another thing. You can't put them in situations, Joe, to make mistakes. What do I? What do I? Where am I going with that? You got to run some quick, quick game. One hitch, let him throw because he does have some good tools. What I've seen from Miami is, is that they're wanting him to progress through the routes and read the coverage, and then he he panics and then he makes mistakes. If you want to win this game, get some play action, get some RPO, th- quick throws early. Because if you're able to do that, I think you can have some success in this running game and with him. I don't think he's – I would say he's a playing as a below-average quarterback, but if you get him on the move a little bit, make him have some uh, short and good completions, try to get as many yak yards as you can early, maybe he can be okay. But God forbid, if he plays like he's been playing the last five weeks, they're in massive, massive trouble down there in Miami. And the question becomes – they're already asking, oh, well, this is year two under Mario. Oh, can he get it done? Can he right. get it done? And so those questions in the boo birds will be circling here. So how I really – I talked a little bit about what's the path here for Miami, but I, I think that realistically how I think this game is actually going to play out, it's going to be more reminiscent. I don't think the Duke game really matches up with how this is going to play out. I think it's going to be more like the LSU-Florida State game, not to – not to open up too much of a wound. And what I mean by that is that in that game, we saw the game close early on, and then eventually turnovers happened in the second half, and that secondary started to really take over. I think with the poor performances by Tyler Van Dyke over this second half stretch of the season, as I have predicted, as I have highlighted and said that the guy is an overrated player and is underperformed when asked to step up to the occasion, has made some very terrible throws that has put his team in a position to fail. I think going up against the secondary that is very advantageous, uh, is very good at turning the football over, can make some big plays against Tyler Van Dyke and take the football away. But the biggest thing that you touched on here, why I really believe is as long as you have at least Keon Coleman, no Johnny Wilson, the, the rest of this receiving core is good enough to take advantage of what is a very, very weak and inconsistent secondary. Their safeties are good, but their corners have been cooked by a number of different quality receivers. We saw what happened against UNC. You talked about the end of the game against Georgia Tech. They have shown signs of weakness consistently. Heck, even against Texas A&M, a game where they played their best football, they gave up some splash plays early in that game. It is on film, and if Keon Coleman is even 75% and able to play, Tell me that guy's not sitting there in the film room licking his chops, getting excited about what he's about to get himself into. I think that Florida State 
Second half, after it being like a one-score game or maybe even tied up, they just explode out the gate and they end up winning by two scores. Well, and this will be um, their last big game in Doak. Now, I know it's not their last one because they got North Alabama coming in to Tuscaloosa. That game, actually, Joe's going to be on the CW. How about that? Hell yeah. But this is their last massive, meaningful game at home. And I think that this this fan base who has gone through a lot over the last decade, Joe, they're going to want to go out there and and they're going to be loud. They're going to be raucous. Okay. This game being at home, I'm telling you, man, if you turn the ball over early, this team is is a shark in water. Do you got to help out your quarterback? Now, Joe, I'm going to ask you a question before we move on. Would you pull Tyler Van Dyke? Is how, let me let uh, me pause. Let me rephrase that question. How short is the leash on Tyler Van Dyke? You know what? God, I know I'm such a critic of him. Like I know that I'm very critical of him, and I'm one of the few people that's actually been willing to be critical of him. And I was killed for it. I, I, it this shouldn't be shocking, but that what I, the name of the freshman that played against Clemson didn't have like a a bad football game. You know, no, like but you know what he did. What? Do you know what he did? He did not turn the ball over like Van Dyke has been doing. That's that's the point. I would say with his current stretch and his performances, and I don't know the freshman's name because he played one football game and it's not going to come to my head immediately. But if he plays another bad football game, I think you do need to turn the page and eventually let, let the kid play. Let him let him get, get some experience so that you know what you have going into next year and you can get him ready. I don't think you take him out in this game, though. I think you got to go with the guy Emory, who Emory Williams. Maybe yeah, it's Emory Williams. He played against Clemson. Hey, he played against Clemson. He played a good football game against Clemson. He played yeah. a pretty good football game. He and didn't look, light it up. Here's another thing too. Miami was in back to their last two wins. Last two wins they got Joe overtime, two overtimes against Clemson, overtime against Virginia. And then last week, bro, they lost to NC State, okay? And when I look at this NC State game, and I watched it today, Van Dyke threw three picks, Joe. MJ Morris, like, he's not a good quarterback for NC State. The, NC well, right, M- MJ he, Morris is actually a pretty good player. He's, he's going to hop in the for goes. 21. Well, he I plays mean, like shit, but he's he had some other like good games. Shit. I mean, yeah. he's not – I don't think he's that good. Okay, they didn't do anything well. Like Miami did nothing well, and you can blame injuries. I mean, Mark the Fletcher kid, I think, had over 100 yards rushing for them, but he had no touchdowns, and you had three picks from Van Dyke. I I mean, how how many games, Joe, do I have to see Van Dyke not play well? Like how many times? He threw for 163 against Virginia. 163 against Virginia. You know what's going to happen, Blake? Blake, you know what's going to happen? He's going to go out there and he's going to he's going to go off 400 yards, six touchdowns, and it's going to be the greatest performance of his career. Because we, we, this is the whole thing just pisses me off about this is because the one time he plays well, and everyone's like, oh, it's not the one time he's played well. He's had other good games. He's had big numbers in like garbage time before in, in the past, <laughs> and he has that one good game against Texas A&M, and then we come on here, and I'm everyone's like, tell me to apologize, and I succumb to it. I'm tired of it. The guy's not good. I'm tired of getting cornered into this. He doesn't play good football. 
I'm putting this Dave Portnoy dude in timeout. I'm not. Why? Oh, no. What did he say? I just Blake's the reason you don't watch. Then he's like arguing with everybody. I'm not. I'm, I'm not doing oh, it. He, he's here. suspended for the show. All right. Uh, Want to move on to Utah and Washington? Uh, yep. Let's do it. All right. Uh, Utah and oh, no, Washington. No, no, no. Ten- Tennessee, Missouri. You want to do Tennessee? Oh, yeah. yeah right. Tennessee, first, Missouri. Sorry. Okay. Refresh. <clears throat> Tennessee and Missouri kick it off in Como. Spooky place to play, man. Spooky, spooky, spooky. I know Halloween's already passed. Tennessee and Mizzou. What you think, Joe? I know that you're you're teetering on the fence here. So I, I've been I've been thinking about this, and I, I said this leading in. You, you brought to the table here that Luther Burton hasn't been practicing, and his availability is is so critical for Missouri's performance and, and how they play in any game. He he is the most valuable player in the SEC, arguably, because how much of a difference between when he's on the field and when he's not on the field, it's pretty stark. He is a fantastic receiver. He's very explosive. If he's in this game, I think it's a no-brainer. I keep coming back to the fact that I feel like Tennessee has not finished games in their most important matchups. I was, as much as Missouri fans think I was critical of their performance against Georgia, I was still impressed with the way that they played in that game. It was a massive, massive challenge to play against Georgia and to keep it close like that, to almost come back, amazing fight that we saw from them. I think that with that in mind, my gut is telling me I got to go with the team that has stepped up to the plate, stepped up to the challenge more than the other. And that for me, it's Missouri. And you know what? You're saying that they're not a very physical team and you know they're not like Texas a you, you said that early on at the beginning of the show. You, you said that they're, okay, let me rephrase. You said that the teams that have beaten Tennessee, Missouri's not built like them. That's what you said to me. They're not. They still have a good offensive line, and they still they weren't physical. Okay, sorry, I, I misquoted the, you. The teams, the teams that beat Tennessee are the teams that like under at Florida and Alabama, the okay. more physical football teams. I misquoted you. Missouri's offensive line has been very under-talked about this season. I think that Javon Foster is a great offensive tackle. That whole group has been good. And their defensive line, they're 15th in team sacks. They're getting after the quarterback, facing a quarterback who notoriously holds the ball way too long. Yeah, but that secondary has been suspect for Tennessee. That is true. That is true. Here's the thing, okay? So I do think Tennessee offensively, stay just stay with me, gets a little bit of a bad rap. Let me tell you why. Because I'm watching film today, Joe, and I and I'm watching the last couple of games of Tennessee. And I'm like, wait a minute. This team isn't bad offensively. They're not, they're not bad at all. Now, no, they didn't finish against Alabama, but Joe, here's the truth. Nobody's finishing the second half against Alabama. LSU can't do it with – and look at what that offense is in Baton Rouge, okay? Like, it's not like it's just a shitty offense. There's no one total offense in the country. Joe, they are a top 15 defense – or top 15 offense in total offense. They're number 13. I did not put the stats together, and the team didn't put the stats together because they put the stats together for me. I just sit here and watch the film, okay? 13th in total, in total offense. Passing offense, they have not been great, and I will concede, but stay with me. I'm going to come back to that. They're 58th. Third down offense, 27th in the country. 
both in offense and defense. Number three rushing offense in the country. How many, okay, how many, Joe, uh, military academies do we have in college football that run the ball every single down? They're historically the ones that normally lead yeah. rushing offense because they run on every play. No, it's Tennessee that is up there more than anybody. But the thing for me is, Joe, I was like, okay, well, if if they're just running the football, playing a little bit of keep away, they're top 25 in scoring offense with at 22. I think teams have been sleeping on Tennessee because of the simple nature that Joe Milton, before the year, everybody's like, he's going to throw it all over the place. Joe Milton's got the biggest arm since John Elway. John Elway doesn't have a bigger arm than Joe Milton. And everybody thought he was going to come in here and he's going to throw it all over the place. Joe, Josh Heupel's got a really good football team. They were young early in the year, went on the road to Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. They never win there. They lost. I don't think that – I think we're putting a little too much on a team who has been down – for so long that they still have to rebuild a little bit. Man, I like them going on the road. They are a tested and tried football team. I'm going Tennessee. I And what bothers me with Missouri, okay, is Luther's injury does not help this case. Now, passing defense – Tennessee has been a little bad, but you know who else has been yeah. kind of bad? Missouri. Missouri. Well, well, I said that last week. That was why I didn't have much of an expectation because they got cooked against Kansas State a little bit. They got cooked a little bit against Georgia. It's it's concerning. It's really concerning. Those corners have not been good. Tennessee, okay, I think might be able to do something that Georgia didn't a week ago, maybe getting after Cody Schrader a little bit, stopping the run a little bit better. Because I think that they do have better athletes on the outside, DNs, backers, Pierce, and the boys. I mm. do think that they can help contain Cody Schrader, okay? I think that's one thing that they'll do that Georgia can't. But, man, I think Tennessee has everything to play for. Because if Ole Miss finds a way to go into, into Georgia and upsets them, next week we got a matchup between Georgia and Tennessee for the SEC East. And my goodness, would that be fantastic? Well, that's not going to happen. So regardless, it doesn't matter in that situation. But um, you never know. By the way, when USC won all those games in a row, it was the 27th game that they lost. In a, like they, they were oh. Georgia also there. How about them apples? Well, I... That would just be dumb luck if that ended up happening. But it's exactly it's how it always happens when teams tie mm-hmm. each other. Wasn't it like true. UConn? Remember when UConn women's basketball broke like the uh, most wins yeah. freak, and then the very next day they lost? <laughs> it was something like that. Yeah, it was something yeah, it's like that. So dumb. Well, the the longest winning streak is in the fifties. It was Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, Notre Dame broke that. By the way, fun fun fact: Notre Dame broke no that. One cares. Uh, screw you. Uh, I'm still, though, hyper-focused on one thing, Blake, and it's what I just said a second ago. I feel as though Joe Milton, when placed into situations where he has to face off with formidable pass rushes and defensive lines with talent, he has not stepped up to the challenge. He is a very good athlete. He runs the ball very well, and and you know we, we kind of had ourselves a little bit of a debate in the open about our evaluation of quarterbacks. 
I'll tell you what, man, he's a great runner. I, I'm very impressed with the way that he runs and the football. And very physical. But the attrition of the football game against Alabama after they had a ton of success running the ball, eventually he was put into situations where he did have to throw. He was put into situations where the run game wasn't totally available and he had to drop back and, and read the field in front of him. And what we witnessed happen is Joe Milton's internal clock is one of the worst in the SEC and in, in, in the Power Five. He just does not have a, a good sense of when to either exit the pocket or get rid of the football. Alabama's defense is a lot better than Missouri's, and they teed off on him. I get that. But Missouri still has a nice group of guys, 15th in the country in team sacks, and they can put themselves in a position here to get after Joe Milton, cause him problems all day. It all. This is one of those teams. It all comes down to one guy. One guy. If he does not play well, they will lose this football game. Oh, if like he is protected, they'll the be fine. That's that's every quarterback in the country now. Not necessarily. I think that there's a name good a amount team, of name a team that in the top ten that if their quarterbacks are playing bad, they either Ohio um, State. Well, Joe, the games that he play has played bad. They have lo they have almost lost. But Notre their defense has bailed them. The, their defense has bailed them out. And Michigan, Correct. their defense bails them out. And, and Tennessee's defense didn't against Alabama. They let Milrow it. throw it all over them. I understand what you're saying. What I'm just trying to get at here is that he yeah. is his mistakes are enough to completely take his team out of the game. Don't sleep on the the Volunteers. Don't do it. We'll see. Rocky top, you'll always be. Again, I'm the offseason. You asked me how many fight songs can I make. Home sweet home to me. In the offseason, we're going to do this. Rocky top. <laughs> Rocky we're going to end the show. <laughs> we're going to end the show with a different fight song. every <laughs> During the offseason, we got to do that. All right. Let's talk about uh, Utah and Washington. We'll do that one really quickly, and then we'll get to our, pe our picks. But let's talk yep. about our good friends over at Home Field Apparel. Don't leave home without it. We talk about them. We'll get to Utah, get our picks. Utah, Washington, get to our picks. We'll, be, we'll do that next. Rafino and Joe Show is brought to you by Home Field Apparel, which is the best, without a doubt, premium collegiate apparel brand that is out there. They have over 150 different colleges that you can choose from, whether you're an Illinois fan or a Rutgers fan. Maybe you're an LSU fan like Blake, or maybe you're an Alabama fan. Whatever it is, even Idaho, they have so many different designs for so many different football programs that I can guarantee you're going to find some great stuff to help root for your favorite team. I've already gotten my Notre Dame stuff. Blake has his LSU stuff. Make sure you head on over to homefieldapparel.com to check out your team's collection of clothing apparel that they have on the website. And when you do so, when you check out, make sure you use promo code Rafino Joe to get 15% off your order. That is R U F F I N O Rafino Joe. Head on over to homefieldapparel.com and get your college gear today. I forgot which button it is. I have no idea. I'm just, gonna, I'm about to hit one. Hold on. Ah, there we go. By the way, we were just speaking about SEC East quarterbacks uh, and quarterbacks that you have not liked in the SEC East. Will Levis named the starting quarterback of the Tennessee Titans over Ryan Tannehill. Okay. I'm just going to reiterate this and we're going to move on. 
I have not said that I don't like Will Levis. I have only evaluated and highlighted his weaknesses. There is a R- difference. Repeat, repeat after me. You ready? No. I. No. I. I was was right. Wrong. He's played, how many games has he played? He's played two games. We did the shit with Brock Purdy. Everyone comes at me about Brock Purdy last year. Brock Purdy got to the NFC Championship game. The San Francisco 49ers got to the NFC Championship oh, game. Fair. Fair. You know who? God, I was going to try to say, you know, well, you know what state won't get to the NFC? What's that? Uh, championship game? The state of Washington, because Seattle's not getting there. Uh-huh. Utah and Washington kick it off this weekend. Joe, I already know where this video is going to go. We have a lot of Utah fans. That follow us a lot. Of, I, I I don't know how, but we do. They think I hate Utah, but I am going to caution Utah fans very quickly. The last two times that I have picked against your school, you have lost. You've lost. Okay, Oregon State and Oregon, and you killed me for it. You abused me for it. That's a Joe? haymaker, man. You're coming out here saying saying that you're the kiss of death. That's what you're saying. Utah fans, y- you better be careful. That's all I'm going to say. Joe, I do think this game's going to be closer than people think. My Utah radar is going off. I've been right about my Utes. Other than Florida, I've been right about the Utes on every pick. Four and one when we pick the Utes. My radar is going off. Let me tell you why. I think that they're going to run the football effectively and play keep away from Washington, and I think their defense is good enough to be able to keep and contain somewhat Washington. Watch out for this game, Joe. I'm telling you, don't sleep on – don't think Washington's going to roll in here and blow them out because if they can find a way to run the football effectively, three yards in a cloud of dust if you got to do it, this game's going to be close. I think it's going to be within a six-point game. Okay? Washington's going to squeak out of here because Michael Penix has a big late-time throw. Those receivers go off. You're not going to be able to run the football on them. It's not going to happen. They don't really need to, though. I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the Huskies here, but I'm only going to take them by six. I don't think this game is a blowout. But I think that this is absolutely going to be more than a one-score game. At the bare minimum, two-score, ten-point type football game. Fair. I can when, see. I can see that. That's fair. When Utah played USC, it took them completely scratching and clawing to put up the amount of points that they did to win that football game against but one of the worst. It. Correct. I give them their flowers. I give them their credit. It was an amazing performance. Rice and Barnes, it's a great story after that game, but it took so much effort for them to put up that many points against a terrible, terrible defense. Now, where you and I disagree, I think Washington's defense is better than USC's defense by a decent margin. And I do not think that Utah will have nearly the same level of success against Washington's defense as what they did against USC. It is going to be a harder game for them to come by yards. I am not saying that they get shut out. I'm not saying that they get blown out. 
But for them to put up that much offensive production is what it will require to beat Washington. I agree. And they, they don't have that in them. They're going to score a couple of nice touchdowns. They're going to make a couple of nice plays, string together a couple of nice drives. But we, I say the same thing every single week. Jalen Polk, Roman Dunze, Jalen McMillan, that group is so hard to keep up with. Michael Penix is in his bag. He is playing at a high elite level, and they are hard to keep up with. Utah just does not have the firepower. Here's the thing for me, though. Washington's pass defense is in the 120s. Now, I know that Utah's pass offense is in is 118. Yeah. Okay? But I went and looked at every single Washington game and the passing yards, Joe, that they are giving up. They are abysmal at covering anybody. They let Washington do it. They've let everybody that they want do it. And I, you don't come at me with the stats, you Washington fans. Well, who's going through for this? Well, go back and watch the game, the plays where he's actually making plays with their arm. Joe, I'm telling you, Bryson Barnes, the pig farmer, is good enough against this defense that I think that he can throw the football well enough to be able to move the ball on this defense. I don't think that they're any good because, Joe, they're in the 120s in pass defense. And Bryson Barnes, although I think is a mediocre quarterback, I've seen him make some good throws. Now, Washington's run defense is also not that great. So where I styles make fights, and I do believe that this is not the kind of style that this Washington defense wants to get in, but something's got to give. I'm just going to lean Bryson Barnes here enough because I think that he can throw the ball better than what Washington can defend it. Well, you don't have a lot of time. You want to get to picks or make your uh, 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 plan, then we'll get to picks. Final thought that I just have to throw in there. I This is something that I know that you don't like me saying, but I believe – that Washington is a gamer type team. They are a type of team that does not show up against bad opponents. And when they have matchups with ranked teams, they will show up and they will fight for four quarters and they will play their best football game. This is just another, another one of those days for Washington. All right. You want to get to our picks? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So here are our eight games of the week. Look who is on the leaderboard yet again, only by one game. I got to admit lucky this, this segment is brought to you by our good friends over at home field apparel home field apparel use that promo code rafino joe for your 15 percent off joe i'm i surprise i'm gonna surprise some people here penn state michigan i am going this. i am going with the nittany lions i was told by a buddy of mine i was picking michigan i was there i was 1000 percent there and a guy that i respect more than Really, anybody in this business told me to go with Penn State. Take the points. Take the win. I'm going to take him the outright win. I'm going to trust him on this. You really want to bet against a pissed-off team that's literally spending the week saying that the whole conference is against them? Absolutely not. I do, and I, I, I'm not a Michigan fan. A distraction. But here's the thing, okay? It's not just about that. This offense – has this team has not been tested? Did you know Michigan was fifty in rush offense? 
Everybody's yeah, I mean, talking about that offensive line. Joe, I gotta, I'm going to admit something. Okay, here's State's here's the thing, a, though. State's getting a massive addition back defensively now. Here, Here's the thing, though, is that they have, in a lot of their games, really pulled back the reins at the start of the fourth quarter. So their production is not going to be statistically in some really high categories because they deliberately... If there is one category that it shouldn't change, though, is your rushing offense. I, I'm, I'm my what I'm trying to get at here is that they don't go out of their way to throw up extra points on the board at the end of games. They, I they don't, don't disagree with that. I'm going to take Penn State outright. I know that I'm a Rudy Poop, but I'm going to stay by. Look, I said that this it was going to be a three way tie in this division. I'm going to stand by it. I'm going to stand by it. All right. Ole Miss, Georgia, both of us going with the dogs. Florida State and Miami. We just got done talking about that one. Obviously, MSU. Yep. Both of us going with Washington. Joe, you're taking Missouri. I am taking Tennessee. Yeah, I'm sticking by my pick. I am not going to trust Tennessee that has not played well against its best opponent. So, give me Missouri. Rutgers and Iowa. Let's Rutgers. Stop Let's stop right here for just a second. How about the Scarlet Knights? How about them? I can't believe that the college football playoff committee really went up there. And look, I'm the biggest record supporter out there in, in the national media. I don't, I don't know anyone else who, who's, who's talked to them up as much as I have. Well, you are but, from the state of New Jersey, so don't act like you're not completely biased here. Right, but what I'm, what I'm getting at here is that they literally said yesterday that Ohio State deserves to be back where they are at number one after they played a really good game against a top 20 defense in Rutgers, which is – an insane thing. Who would have thought that we would get to this point in week 11 that somebody would have brought that up as Rutgers as a signature win for a team? Well, why not rank them? Or were they ranked? I didn't know they weren't. That, that's they, they should be 25. I think that they should be over Liberty. They would boat race Liberty. Liberty's undefeated. Liberty has one of the softest strength. Of, they're like 130th or something like that in strength. Of oh, so they're Michigan. Okay, so let's, <laughs> let's settle down there. Okay. Um, you want to talk about Iowa? We have not talked about Iowa all year. Uh, their offense stinks. And that backup quarterback that they have in is not very good. I think that that not all of this is on Brian Ferentz. It's not. It's just not a well, it's not good personnel. It's it's not. And I think Rutgers is is a good defensive team with a better Rutgers is what Iowa thought that they were. Rutgers, Iowa's what? Say that again. Iowa is what Ruck. Wait, wait. Rutgers is what Iowa thought that they were. They thought that they were this defensive team that can run the football, and they're just a defensive team that can't move the ball on offense. Yeah, Joe. They're they're a hundred and thirtieth out of hundred and thirty teams on offense. Ferentz is out of there, uh, the son. I'm sure he'll be somewhere. Really, actually, believe it or not, in the O-line community, a lot of people respect him. A lot of people think that he's a really good O-line coach. I will throw that out for him. Yeah, I'll throw that out there for him. Um, Joe, I just – I don't I, – look, Rutgers defensively has been pretty freaking good, right? I just don't know if Iowa it can move the football. Like, as much as I'm bad off on Utah, I don't know how Iowa wins football games. Like, it, it amazes me 
they, they have if they're in the top 25 now yeah okay here's the thing about Iowa I I took us I took a step back in this game now because I'm like look man all Iowa does though you know what they actually do they win football games too okay but they have pretty it's they so ugly have scraped by beating the crap not actually beating the crap out of but defensively mutilating the bottom half of the big 10 that is why they've won football games when yeah, they play the competitive teams they've lost that division is so bad it that, it, 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 it is so bad i i'm going to because uh because joe this week i don't know if you saw this it was the it was muffgate 2023 mm. as a family member of the founding members of the Muffalata. I just can't. You didn't see this? I the thing I saw the thing that you tweeted. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was actually kind of cool though. It, yeah, side note, that's pretty sick. It, yeah, there was a Rafino's Bakery in New Orleans where the Muffalata was like invented, and like what's they the, the is there a family connection? Obviously, yeah. It's my be my great great grandfather's brother. So you're like great 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 uncle. Yeah, my great no great great uncle. So my okay. grandfather's uncle. Got it. Okay. Right. So I mean, That's no, real, but but listen, the blood still runs in the veins. You know, I I feel like I feel like Eddard Stark from Game of Thrones. I was so proud. You gotta watch Game of Thrones, man. I refuse to. I refuse All to. right. Um, let's finish with these picks here. Um, Duke UNC. Both of us going North Carolina. I, man, listen, this is another one. This is another one, Joe, that I'm just like, the only reason I picked UNC was because of Drake May. I'm just being real with you. If Riley Leonard was playing, I think that they Duke would win this football game. And I, it doesn't sound like he's going to be available anytime soon. Yeah, that kid's taking a beating. Um, so we're both going with UNC. That's a big-time rivalry game and good, too, because basketball season yeah. is important. Mm-hmm. A game we didn't talk about, Joe, before uh, before we get out of here, Oregon and USC, both of us going with Oregon. Look, I think Oregon's the best team in the Pac-12. This game, this game, though, I'm just going to tell you, when coordinators get fired, historically, okay, jolts happen on the side of the ball that it happens to. Right? Like, so... Don't be, don't take them lightly, brother. Don't take them lightly. My counterpoint is I feel as though Dan Lanning is a, a very, a coach that takes things very personally and finds ways to motivate his team in that manner. And I, I I would be willing to bet that he's going to say that everyone's talking about Caleb Williams. No one's talking about you guys. Let's, let's, let's go after him. Maybe. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with your logic there, but we're going to find out very quickly how much this was personnel and how much of this was coaching and scheme. So, yeah. Damn, USC, down bad. Down so bad. All right. We will see you guys again on Sunday. Y'all have a good night. Joe, it's been a good week. Been a good week. Uh, uh, Hell yeah. Finally Big got week. monetized. How about that? All right. Finally. See y'all Sunday, guys. Peace.